Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, I hope you have your Bible with you. Amen. Well, let's go to Matthew's Gospel, the sixth chapter. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to kind of coattail off some things that Pastor Mark and Pastor Chuck have both been talking about the last few weeks, and uh, I think you'll, you'll see what it is in time as we get into it a little bit more. But uh, it's really important for us to, to see what we're pursuing. Amen? Whether it's God or whether it's the world, you're pursuing something. We all are. And so it's really important for us to uh, make sure that we're pursuing the right things. Amen. Do you believe that? Hallelujah. So let's go and look at this in Matthew chapter 6. And I've got a lot of scripture tonight. So that's just the way I am. I I can't do one and just, you know, do an hour on that. I, I need something to build on one after the other, precept upon precept. Amen. So let's look at the words of Jesus here in Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to start with verse 19. Are you there? All right. The Lord says this. He said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Amen. Hallelujah. So the Lord is telling us what to do and what not to do. And if, you, if we would go back and we would read from Matthew chapter 5 all the way through chapter 7, what we call the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is teaching the people what's in the Father's heart, how he is wanting them to, to deal with each other, how they're to, to you know, do things and this and that. And right in the middle of it, he says, now don't, don't start laying up for yourselves treasures on the earth because they're not going to amount to anything as time goes on. Amen. And the longer it seems like that I'm in this walk with God, I find out that the things on the earth mean less and less and less. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, some may say, well, that's because you're getting old and you just don't need that anymore. Well, that may be true to a point, but the thing of it is is that there are more important things that we should be after. Amen. And Pastor Mark had talked about distractions and Pastor Chuck had talked about staying on focus. Amen? On these things. And so... That's what I'm wanting us to to look at tonight. And I've entitled this message tonight, What's It Worth? What's It Worth? Amen. Is what you are pursuing have any kind of eternal value to it? Or is it something that once you're dead and gone, it's gone? Amen. And so it's really important for us to see what we're supposed to be pursuing. Amen. Do you, do you see that? Hallelujah. So we're going to look at some scripture tonight, and I hope that you, you bear with me on, on this. I'm, I may go a little bit fast, 
on some of this stuff. But uh, I want to give you some, some, some words here. The word treasure uh, that he's talking about here means a deposit that is wealth, whether it's literally or figuratively. Amen? A treasure also is what you are focused on. Hallelujah. Yeah. What you're pursuing. What kind of, of uh, value are you putting on that? Because the more value you put on something, the more you're going to pursue it. Yeah. Amen. Whether it's the things of the earth in the world or whether it's the things of God. Well, I've chosen to, to work on pursuing the things of God. It's just like Pastor was saying, you know, that uh, God will do things for you. If You know, it also says in Hebrews that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. A rewarder. I like that. Now, if I'm going to get a reward, I'd rather have it from God than anybody else because I know it has not only a, a necessarily a physical value, but it also has an eternal value. God never gives us something that's fleeting. He's never going to give you something that would be here today and gone tomorrow. Amen. What he gives you, and if you do it correctly, it will have an eternal destiny to it. Amen. And so that's kind of what we're going to be looking at tonight. I think it's really important for us. Now, if we go down and look at this in verse 24, he also says this. He's talking, talking about talking about money here. Amen. He says that no one can serve two masters, for they will either hate one and love the other, or else will be loyal to one and despise the other. He says that you cannot serve God and mammon or money. You can't do it. No one can. We, we are single-focused people. Amen. You might be able to multitask things, my wife is a good example of that. She can do five or six things at one time. I can't talk on the telephone and talk to her who's sitting next to me at the same time. Amen? If I, if I talk to her, then whoever I'm talking to on the phone, they no longer exist. <laughs> and if I'm talking to them and she's talking to me, she no longer exists. I'm single focused. She doesn't understand that. It's a guy thing. No, I, it's just, it's, I don't know, maybe, maybe some of you guys have tapped into that wisdom, but I have not been able to, amen? So I'm single-focused, and whenever it comes to the things of God, we need to be single-minded on these things, amen? Hallelujah. So, you know, you got to understand this, and I, I, I want to kind of balance this out a little bit, is that it doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to have anything in this earth. He's not against you having those things, amen? But he says you can't serve them. You can't serve the things that you're getting. Amen? Well, well, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, they become first place in your life. You know, if if, if God blesses you with a new car, then you're constantly cleaning it. I remember whenever I was younger, I had, I had a Monte Carlo, and a 77 Monte Carlo. It was a fine-looking ride. Amen? And I washed and waxed that thing every week. Every week. I didn't miss. Amen? Hallelujah. 
And so it was consuming my life. It was brand new. It was my baby. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so I was going to take care of it, praise God. The best I knew how. Sure. Amen. And I did that for years until I got married. And then all of a sudden, it didn't mean as much anymore. And it could go a week without getting washed. Hallelujah. Now my cars can go multiple weeks without being washed. I mean, if it gets so bad I can't stand it, I'll take it to a car wash. But me manually doing it, nah. I've lost all that. I don't have that focus anymore. Amen. Don't get me wrong. I like a clean car. I like to ride in a clean car. But it's not my focus anymore. So I, I can go and let it, let, it, let it be for a while. I can look out there and I say, well, it's out in the garage. I don't have to look at it. <laughs> Hallelujah. It'll sit there. Amen. Do you, do you have an, an understanding of what I'm talking about here? You can't allow the things that even God gives you to overtake you and become more valuable than the giver himself. Amen. It's real important that we don't do that. Hallelujah. So we got to put a value on everything, no matter what it is. We got to put a value on it. Is this thing worth more than such and such? Amen. And it should always be that God is worth more to you than anything. Hallelujah. And whenever you get to that point, then God is able to start to release other things to you that may have more of a natural significance to them. Amen? But we got to start out at first, and we, we just got to focus on God entirely. And then you don't lose that focus. You just keep building and building and building. Hallelujah. Amen? So you, you, can, you, can, you can do the things that need to be done, but you've got to keep your focus on God. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Now let's look at this. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 13. Amen. This will do you good. It, it's helped me out a lot. I wasn't even beginning to think of doing anything like this, and God just laid it on my heart to do it. Hallelujah. So that's what we're going to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 13. Is everybody there? All right, now I'm going to read this out amplified. We're going to go to verse 22. Proverbs 13, 22 out amplified says this. A good man leaves an inheritance of moral stability and goodness to his children's children. And the wealth of the sinner finds its way eventually into the hands of the righteous for whom it was laid up. So what are we supposed to be doing first? The first thing is, is that we're supposed to be laying a foundation for our children's children. Amen? Moral stability, righteousness, th you know, things that are going to carry them on. If you've looked at the world today, you can see how people have not been taught anything about godly morals, amen, or anything of the, su of the such. Because it's all about me. It's all about me. What, I'm, what am I going to get out of this? What are you going to do for me? 
If you do for me first, then I'll think about doing for you. But it's saying here, it says that we are to leave moral stability as an inheritance for our children's children. And then it said this after, oh yeah, and, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the judge. It eventually finds its way to you. What does that mean? You don't have to go out and pursue it. Amen? You don't have to go out and, and get the best job. I've never had a best job. Ever. Amen? And part of it was my own fault. I didn't go to college, so I shouldn't expect to get, you know, a, a cushy job like my son has. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. He says he works hard, but, you know, <laughs> Travis says no. <laughs> Hallelujah. But that was my own fault. I could have went, but I chose not to go. Amen? Mostly because I was, I was really too lazy to go. I didn't want to study. I barely made it through high school. Amen? Hallelujah. I didn't have to repeat any grades, so I'm glad of that. Amen. But anyway, the thing of it is, is that if we pursue and do what's right for other people, training up not only our children, but our grandchildren. We, as of us who are grandparents, we have a responsibility to our grandchildren to be a moral compass for them as well in, in conjunction with what their parents are teaching them. Does that make sense? It should. Hallelujah. You know, how, how's it going to be whenever, you know, the parents are teaching their kids morally right stuff, amen, and then they go over to Grandpa's house and he's a jerk. You know, why is Grandpa acting like that? Well, son, he's a jerk. Amen. Hallelujah. That's all you can say. It starts conflict there. They said, well, okay, who's right? You know, is mom and dad right? Is grandpa right? Or whatever. Amen. But if we're all singing off the same sheet, if we're all doing the same thing, amen, then our children and our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but my wife and I, we pray over our great-great-grandchildren. Glory to God. Amen. Boy, you'll be old then. I know it. Hallelujah. It'll still be a blessing. Amen? Hallelujah. My, my mother was a great, great grandmother. Amen. That's a long ways down the, down the road, but... Hallelujah. There were five generations in a row there. Praise God. And that's something to look forward to. I look forward to that. Amen? It may not be here on this earth, but I'll see them. Whether here or there, I'm going to see them. Amen? Hallelujah. So the wealth that so many people are after, if you are doing what God is wanting you to do, it's going to find its way to you without you having to pursue it. Does that make sense? Amen? Hallelujah. So... We're supposed to do these things. Proverbs 10, 22 says this, that the blessing of the Lord, it makes truly rich, 
and he adds no sorrow with it, neither does toiling increase it. So you, you can work yourself to a frenzy and still not be operating in the blessing of the Lord. Amen. I've been down that path having two jobs and working yourself, you know, crazy and still ended up with nothing at the end. After about three months, I, I looked at myself and I, I got an epiphany. This is dumb. You're not gaining anything. Amen. So I quit. I said, I don't need this anymore. Hallelujah. I just go home at night and be happy with my family. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. So it doesn't increase anything whenever we go after them things. We have to do it the way that God wants to. God sets a priority on things. Amen. A priority. So let's go back and look at this in Matthew chapter 6. But let's look in verse 31. Matthew 6, 31. God sets a priority on things. Amen. You're still with me, aren't you? We're still tracking together, right? Hallelujah. And so we're going to look at verse 31. Whoa. All right. Maybe better put that down here. Tear something up. Verse 31 says, Therefore do not worry or do not take thought into King James. What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, or those who have no covenant with God. That's what they're seeking. That's what they're seeking. It's all about their belly. It's all about what the newest fad, amen, the, the baddest clothes and all that good stuff. Hallelujah. How you're going to present yourself to the world. That's what the Gentiles seek after. Amen? It says in verse 32, also for your heavenly father knows that you have need of these things. So there's not anything that you have a need of or a want for that God isn't privy to. He already knows about it. Amen. And there's a lot of times he's already working on some of this stuff. If you and I just be patient and wait around long enough. Amen. Hallelujah. Just keep doing what you know that you're supposed to be doing. And don't try to get off into something else. Well, I tried that for a while, but it didn't work. Well, God said this, but why didn't it happen? Amen. Well, you already got your answer because you're in unbelief now. That's why you're not getting it. Hallelujah. See, it only takes a word of unbelief to undo everything that God has done up to that point. Hallelujah. And now you've got you to start yourself getting back on track again. Does that make sense? Amen. But look at this in verse 33. It says, but seek first, first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things shall be added to you. Amen. Amen. Seek first the kingdom. Amen. The numbers 633 come up in, before my eyes a lot. And as soon as I see them, I always think of Matthew 633. Seek first the kingdom. Amen. Hallelujah. 
The word first there means firstly, in time, place, or in order of importance. So the word of God is supposed to be, nothing else can compare to it, okay? Only the word of God. For you and I as believers. Now, the world, they're not going to understand any of that. They say work hard, you know, cheat as many people as you can, step on those, you know, and climb to the top. But God says, if you seek my kingdom first and my righteousness, or the Amplified says, his way of doing and being right, then everything else just comes along. It's just part of the package. It's what you might call, you know, when you go and you start to work for someone, the fringe benefits that you get. Amen. What's my benefit package? Well, here it is right here. All these other things are added. Amen. You've never worked at an employer yet who's ever gave you that kind of package. Amen. Hallelujah. They'll say, well, if you want that, then you're going to have to work harder. Well, if you want that, then you're going to have to stay longer. Well, if you want that, then you're going to have to lie. You're going to have to cheat. Amen. Hallelujah. But God says, do it my way. Do it by my righteousness. And then you'll see what comes about. Amen? Hallelujah. So, you know, we, we need to keep things in order here. Now, I like this, what, is, what uh, Jesus said in Matthew 16, 26. He said, for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Wow. Amen? You mean there's actually people who would try to barter with God on things and set, set their, their own eternal destiny in, in, in a limbo just so they could do something else? Amen? What would you give? If, if you be honest, what would you give for your soul? What in this earth would you give your soul for? Well, the answer is nothing. There is nothing in this world that is worth your eternal destiny. Nothing. Amen? Now, that doesn't mean that we haven't been tempted to do something really dumb. Amen? We've all been down that road at least once. Amen? But we're, we're, really, we're really stepping on thin ice here whenever we start to look at it from the perspective. Jesus said, you know, what will you give? Is there anything in this world is, that is more important than your eternal destiny? Is there anything? Amen? It doesn't matter what it is. The answer is no. It, it never will be at any time. That's right. Amen? Under any conditions to compromise the Word of God just to, I don't know, you know, maybe keep your head above water for a day or two. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Praise God. What else do we have here, Pastor? Well, let's see. What we can look at here. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of times we'll think that it's, 
it's really humongous thing, something that, you know, monumental that will trip us up. But it isn't. It's an accumulation of small things that end up doing us in and end up changing our perspective of how things are. Uh, this, is, this is out of the Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15. It says, Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vine, for our vines have tender grapes. Amen? Notice the word foxes. It's plural. So it's not just one little thing. It says, gather these things together because it says that our vine has tender grapes on them. Them tender grapes, that's, that's the, the, the fruit of God's word in your life. You've got to protect that. And she was talking about here, of course, of her, her upcoming marriage and how she didn't want anything to come between her and her husband. But you know what? We have a, a marriage of our own with our Heavenly Father. And we got to protect that with just as much urgency and diligence as what she was saying here. So whatever little things it might be, I want them out of my life. I don't want any kind of temptation in my life that is going to compromise who I am in Christ. I'm just not going to have that. Amen? And when we matter-of-factly say that, then it starts to position us on a foundation that we won't be moved from. But we got to keep saying it. Amen? The, uh, one, one more time. One more time. One more time. When he comes after you, no, one more time, I shall not be moved. You're a liar. Amen? You're not going to trip me up on this. Amen? Hallelujah. The Lord spoke this to me the, the other day, and I don't know why. I, th I think I must have said he tried to put a thought in my head. I said, Satan, you're a liar. And the Spirit of God said, he's the father of lies. And I thought about that for a minute, and I thought, you know what? Not trying to be gross or anything, but, but the father carries sperm. And he's looking for a womb. And that womb is in you and I so that he can plant that lie in you or I. Amen? That's why he's looking for it. He's looking for someone who will receive what he has. Amen? But you just keep saying no. You just keep saying no. You just keep saying no. Well, how long? Forever if you need to. You just keep saying no, because saying no keeps you firmly planted in the things of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, that's good to know too, isn't it? Glory to God. So we got to keep every relationship pure. We have to root out anything that will hinder us in our walk with Him. No matter what, no matter how insignificant, no matter... This little fox. So let's, let's, let's get all them together. We don't want them in our lives. I don't want anything that's going to mess with my relationship with God. No matter how small it might be. Amen? Hallelujah. You've got to put that kind of value on God's word. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, let's, let's look at this in uh, Matthew. Spend a lot of time in Matthew, but there's a lot of good stuff here. 
Let's go to Matthew 23. Amen? Nothing is too small that it should not be attended to, no matter what it might be. Amen? Don't take nothing for granted. Now, look, look at what uh, Jesus is speaking here in Matthew 23, verse 23. It says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you pay tithe of men and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law. You neglect them. You do these other little things, amen, that look good. Everybody wants to see that. But you're neglecting the weightier things, the things that are most important, which are justice, mercy, and faith. It says, these you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. So what does that mean? Well, that means that you could have been doing it all, but put the weightier things first, and then all the other stuff, it just falls into place. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, he said you're, 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 you're for the show. Everybody's for the show. The world is for the show. Amen. They want to make a good impression on people. But you and I, we are in for the long haul, so we're after the, the things with the meat in them. Amen. We're looking for the things that God has spoken that are going to take us from one level to another. Amen. Hallelujah. So, you know, you can, you can have a great job as long as you put the kingdom first. You'll have a great family as long as you put the kingdom first. You can even go out and let your kids play in sports. But you got to put the kingdom first. Amen. It can all be done. Because Jesus just said here, He said you ought to be doing them all. Why are you picking out one thing and leaving all these other things that are so important to my father undone. Amen. It's sort of like, where is it at? Is it in Habakkuk? Or, you know, they were building their own houses. But, huh? Haggai. And, and so, thanks. I'm glad you're sitting here. Amen. And it says that they were leaving the house of God in neglect, they're living in their paneled houses. Doing all this and, you know, getting it all pretty up so they can have an open house and invite all the neighbors in and they can ooh and all over it. Amen? But the Lord's house is just right down the street. The walls are cracked. The windows are busted. Amen? And, well, you know, we want to help, but, man, it took everything we had just to build this. Amen? I think it was Pastor Nancy Dufresne said, or maybe it was Brother Ed said this one time, if it comes down to putting carpet in your house or, or the Lord's house, the Lord's house wins out. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was him. Amen. And so, you know, you've got to make a choice on these things. If, if you put things on hold that you just think you've got to have, just put them on hold for a little bit and pursue God. I'll almost guarantee you 
He'll lead you into something that is far better than what you were looking at. Why is that? Well, you came to the source. You came to the source. You came to the one who knows everything. Amen? And I'll be the first to admit there's so many times I'll make decisions without asking God. I know I do. Amen? And they've, they've been some bad ones. They've been doozies. I could tell you stories that you'd just say, ooh, you're so dumb. Amen? But I was. Amen? Because unless you ask the one who's got all the answers, you're never going to know any of them. Amen. Hallelujah. So you've really got to, to understand those types of things. Praise God. Amen. You know, as I was looking at, at that, I was thinking about the story of Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10 and how Jesus and his disciples came to her house. She was going to put on the spread for him. And so she gets in there, and it says that Mary was sitting at his feet also. Amen? So that, I don't know, that just tells me that at one time Martha was in there sitting at Jesus' feet. And then all of a sudden, a thought came to her, thinking, what am I going to feed them? A bunch of guys. Amen? You know they're going to eat me out of house and home. Amen? And so she starts thinking about that. And it comes to a place where she gets up and she goes into the kitchen and she's throwing pots and pans around and she's making all kinds of to-do about things. And then it gets to a point where she can't handle it any longer and she goes in and tells Jesus about it. What are you going to do about her? Make her get up and help me. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There she is. She's making a decision between the things of God and the things of the world. Amen? And he said, Martha, Martha, said, you are troubled by many things. Amen? Hallelujah. He said, there's only one thing that's needful. Mary's got that, and it's not going to be taken from her. So there. Yeah. Amen? <laughs> Go sit down. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen? And so, again, somebody choosing between the things of God and the things of the world. Amen? I can guarantee you they would have not went hungry that day if she would have stayed in there to the very end after he was done and he said the amen and she claps her hands and said, all right, Jesus, what are we going to have for supper tonight? And you know what he was said? Show me what you have. Isn't that what he did with the disciples? Show me what you got. And he increased it. Hallelujah. And they were filled until there were leftovers for many days. Amen. So that's the thing that you and I need to be doing too. Don't get caught up in this thing. Praise God. Oh, let me see. 1 Samuel 12, 21 tells us this. It says, turn aside from vain and worthless things. Turn aside from them. Don't get involved in them. They're not worth it. Amen? The Lord spoke this to me, and I thought it was really interesting. Two little phrases. He said, what catches your eye will eventually capture your heart. 
And he said, whatever you allow to captivate your mind will rule your life. Amen. So you and I have got to start to do an inventory of who we are. Amen. And seeing what we're being led by. Are we being led by that, that, you know, that faraway job that we want? Or that, that house that we just are dying to have? Amen. Or whatever it might be. You understand that? Because, see, those things will rule your life. And not only will they rule your life, they'll end up ruining your life. Because your focus is all off now. And you're putting more value on that than you are on the things of God. See, you just being here tonight, you put value on the Word of God. That's why you're here. Amen? It's because, you know, you, you, you've made a decision. I could have stayed home and went to bed at my normal time, which for me is 8.30. Hallelujah. But I won't get home until two hours after that tonight. Amen. And my body is saying, you know I need my sleep. Hallelujah. But I put a value on the things of God. And I, I, if I'm not in the house of God, it's for an extremely good reason. It's not just because I'm tired. I don't want to go tonight. I just want to stay home. I want to pop some corn and sit down. And it's really funny because you'll, you'll end up going to bed probably later than you would if you just came to the house of God because you'll, you'll get involved with this movie. You're sitting there eating your popcorn and drinking your soda and you're just, oh, I, I, I can't quit in the middle of it. I'm going to have to watch the whole thing. And then you end up not going to bed till 11 o'clock. Amen. Hallelujah. It's the truth, isn't it? Amen. You can get captivated by that stuff. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's, let's look at uh, Paul's life for a moment. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3. Now, Paul, he, that, the man was after the things of God. Amen. But he had a perspective of who he was and who Jesus was. And so that, that's the thing that we're wanting to look at here. In, in verse 1, Philippians 3, 1, it says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Hallelujah. So now he's going to tell us some things. In verse 5, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, 
of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews concerning the law of Pharisee. Glory to God. Now, I don't have even a clue of what the Pharisees had to do to become a Pharisee. Amen. But I know you just didn't happen to walk in one day and say, hey, you, you look like you'll make a good Pharisee. They had to do some stuff. Amen. Verse 6, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. Now look at this. But what things were gained to me, these things I have counted loss for Christ. Man, he, he had it going. He was very popular. He was a very revered man, honored. I mean, when he came into the temple, I'm sure he didn't have to sit at the back. Amen? He had a place up front of prominence. But he said, all this stuff that I have had means nothing to me now. Doesn't mean a thing. Amen? I've got something much better now. Hallelujah. Verse 8 says, Yet indeed I also count all things for loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Amen? I mean, he let it all go. He held on to none of it. Not just, oh, I just want, I just want to hold on to my, my seat of honor. No, he let it all go. He said he counted it as rubbish or dung or, or whatever you want to use. In other words, it was refuge. Blech, nasty. Didn't want anything to do with it anymore. Does that seem possible? It is because this man had it. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, a righteousness which is from God by faith. Amen? Hallelujah. And so he, he decided that it, everything that he had before was now worth nothing. All the years that he, of his schooling, all the years that he had been a Pharisee, it meant nothing to him now. It was worthless, had no value in his life any longer. When he gained the knowledge of Jesus Christ, then that took care of it all. He didn't have to have the other anymore. Do you see that? Amen. Once he compared him, that was it. Don't care for it anymore. Amen. And you find that out. The longer that you stay in pursuit of God, there was a lot of things. There was a lot of things when, whenever I was younger or whenever I first became a believer that now actually mean little to nothing to me now. Amen? They just don't. You know, would I like to have a nice house? Well, sure. Who, who wouldn't want to have one? But you know what? Our little cozy home is just as good for us as anything. And I'm proud to have it. Glad to have it. I shouldn't say proud. I'm glad to have it. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't have no $3,000 house payment. Hallelujah. Amen. You understand what I'm saying there? Praise God. Nothing wrong with that. If you can do a $3,000 house payment, 
Knock yourself out. Amen. Go for it. I don't care. Hallelujah. I'm not paying the taxes on it. <laughs> Our taxes went up. How about yours? Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. It's crazy. Amen. Well, glory to God. I'm not going there. Amen. No politics tonight. Hallelujah. So he realized who he was in Christ and what kind of person he needed to be. Praise God. Let's look at this in 2 Peter 3. 2 Peter. Amen. You get there, say amen. amen. 2 Peter 3, and we're going to look at uh, verses 10 and 11. I'm going to read them out of the Amplified Bible. It says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will vanish, pass away with a thunderous clash, and the material elements of the universe will be dissolved with fire. And the earth and the works that are upon it will be burnt up. Hmm. Well, it doesn't sound like that pretty home's going to last forever, does it? That nice shiny car is going to be just a heaping, melted mess after a while. Hallelujah. Now look what, what Peter says here in verse 11. Since all these things are thus in the process of being dissolved, what kind of person ought each of you to be in the meanwhile? Amen. So if you have the revelation that all the stuff that you could ever gain in the earth is eventually going to pass away, amen. So what, what should that be telling you about the type of person that you should be until that time comes? You should be a pursuer of God. Amen. A pursuer of one who, who is holy. Hallelujah. A pursuer of the one who is righteous. Because all this other stuff, you can pursue it, it's just going to end up being a dead end. But if you pursue God, God will take you all the way to the throne room. Amen? Into His very presence for all eternity to come. There'll be no end to that. Hallelujah. And you'll look back and say, boy, I am sure glad that I didn't have to have that BMW. Amen. Or live in that nice subdivision. I don't even know any subdivisions here in town, but I know there's some nice ones. I've drove past them and thought, have at it. Amen. I don't want it. Amen. Well, you're just an old country hick. I know it. I've got money too. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. I don't have to have that, and I don't want it. Amen? Everything's in the process of dissolving. So it doesn't matter how good your job is. It doesn't matter what type of lifestyle that you want for you and your, your family. Amen? It really doesn't matter because in time it's all going to be gone. If you haven't pursued God, what you got is going to be nothing. But if you pursue God, what you'll have at the end will be everything. Amen. It all comes down to a choice, right? 
it all comes down to a choice. Praise God. Romans 12, 2 tells us to be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And to amplify it, it says your entire way of thinking about things. Amen. You don't, ha you don't have to be like the world, talk like the world. And it's hard, isn't it? You get around worldly people, you, you sometimes want to talk like them, don't you? Go out and admit it. You know you do. Amen. It's hard to, to keep the glory of God lit up as, as high as it needs to, to be when you're around, you know, those that are circling around you like vultures on a piece of meat. Amen. But it can be done. Hallelujah. You have two options. Number one is that you stand and fight. And number two is you just walk away. Hallelujah. So you can do either one. It all depends on what the Lord's leading you to do. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, glory. We're almost done, folks. Just, just a little bit more. I wanted to get to, to this. I want us to go to Acts chapter 3. And then I got one more after that, and we're done. Amen? Praise God. I hope, I hope this blessed you. I know it did me because it, it showed me some areas where I had lost my focus. Amen? Just think, just little, little it was a little fox. But if I added one little fox to another little fox and another one and another one, they all seem by themselves not too harmful. But when you put them all together, they're leading me away from God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Now, are you at Acts chapter 3? All right. Verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John go about, were about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him, with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Well, that's good to have expectation, amen? But this is not what he was expecting to hear. Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones were strengthened. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Amen. Hallelujah. Silver and gold I don't have. Now, does that mean that Peter was broke? Probably, I don't think so. Amen. I don't think he was broke. You know what I think? I think because he was in the presence of God and he chose to go the God way, he realized that money would not help this man. If it had, he wouldn't be there every day like he was. 
Money would have rescued him. Money would have restored him. Money would have gave him the operation he needed so he could walk again. Money would have done everything for him that money was able to do. But Peter looked at him and said, basically this, you don't need money. What you need is what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Amen? Now that forever sealed this man's eternal destiny. Amen? Because now he was up, leaping, rejoicing in the temple and doing what? Praising God. Amen? Praising God for what he had done. Now think about this, and I thought about this, so if I think about this, maybe you thought about this. What would have happened if Peter hadn't been paying attention to the teachings of Jesus? Well, how can that be? Well, Judas did. Amen? You know, whenever, whenever Jesus was at, at the, the table and a woman took the alabaster jar and broke it and all the perfume went on and everything, amen? What did Judas say? He said, what a waste. What a waste. This could have been sold for much and given to the poor. Amen? So he hadn't been listening. He hadn't been listening. All he thought was, was that if we sell that, that money comes to the treasury and goes through my hands before it leaves. That's what he was thinking. Amen? But Peter decided that silver and gold was not what this man needed. He said, but what I do have, what I have in abundance in me, I'm going to give to you. And it was a forever change for that man. Because Peter knew he'd have to have something like that. Money had never changed anything in his life. Hadn't changed it. But the power of God changed him forever. Amen? So it was of the greatest value to him. It was of the greatest value. Now, let's look at this, and we're going to close here in Colossians chapter 3. Amen? Colossians chapter 3, we'll close here. Praise the Lord. I went over a little bit, but hallelujah. If everybody else can, I can too. Praise the Lord. Are you there? Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. It says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind. See, there it is again. The first one is to seek those things above. Well, that's Matthew 6, 33 to me. Amen. And then it says to set your mind on things above. That's Romans 12 too. To me. Hallelujah. And not on the things of the earth. Don't be looking down here for anything. When you look down here, you go into a low life. When you set your affections on the things of heaven, you are heading to highest life. Amen? Well, I don't see any difference yet. Well, that's because you go back and forth. Like it says in James. You're wavering back and forth. James says he shouldn't expect to receive anything from God. Amen? 
Oh, I'm trying, though. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm doing the work. I'm doing the work. Amen. I'm not a slacker. Amen. Hallelujah. But you're wavering. You don't, you don't, you don't stay in the place where God is continually. We've all been there, so, you know, let's not, let's not get into condemnation on that. Let's just rectify it. Let's move into something else. Amen? Hallelujah. So, set your affections or set your mind on the things above. It says, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. Amen. Hallelujah. So set your affections, folks. Make, make it a priority to start to do things maybe a little bit different, a little bit at a time. You don't have to revolutionize your life in one day. Just a little bit here, a little bit there. If you see that you've kind of eh, gotten lazy in that area, then pick up the pace in that area. Amen? And ask the Lord, Lord, show me, where have I been, you know, asleep here? And help me to come out of that. And he'll do that. Why? Because he has plans for your life. Amen? And he wants you to succeed. Fully. Amen? Not just little. And what you succeed in carries all the way. Not just till you die, but past your death and into the lives of your children and your children's children. Amen. So there's something to be said for all these things. It's really important for us not to just stand at the sidelines and think somebody else is going to do it for us. Amen. It won't. They're not going to do it for your family. You, you understand that? They're, they're just not. Because they have, they have no interest, no connection with your family. But you do and I do. And so it's up to us to do that. It's up to us to do everything and anything that is needed to be done and put a value that is higher than anything else on everything that God has. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. You've been a good students tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's all stand up. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.